0: You are listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer. I'm the author of the new book, The Sweeney Sisters. I think it's a best beach bag book pick, but I don't know. <laughs> Is it going to be on our list today? We'll see. Liz, what do you think? It's the top of my list, Leanne. I am actually
1: rereading it because the first time I read it, I had the advanced reader copy. And now I'm reading more carefully. Now that I have the beautiful hardback, I'm just going back through it and enjoying every word. So thank you. Yes. Enjoying it.
2: And this is Julie. Absolutely, Lee, and The Sweeney Sisters is my top pick for the summer. So no doubt about it. I'm happy to be with you. I love talking about books. And this is going to be a fun show.
0: Yes. Thank you for the self-indulgent opening. I appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, But besides the Sweeney sisters, we have lots of books and a few podcasts to talk about on today's special satellite sisters episode. We have been doing a best beach bag books episode uh, really for like 12 or 15 years now, a long time. So yeah, very long. (laughs) And
2: and you're, and you're very generous when you say we, Leanne because you do most (laughs) of the reading. That's true, and you allow the other sisters to toss in a few titles. Uh, But thank you very much, and because everybody appreciates it, and it's just great
0: to have, you know, for the whole summer you have a list of excellent choices. Right, I would say I encourage you to toss in titles. You're you're never limited, but (laughs) so. You're that,
1: saying well, that's all we do is toss yes. in a few last You minutes. You
0: toss it, yes. But, you know, what I like about our Best Beach Bag Books list is that it's filled with all different kinds of books. So if you might have an image of a beach bag book, and those are great. We got some of those on with, you know, the tropical drinks on the cover. We love those books. But, you know, Liz always usually brings us a couple of serious nonfiction books. She goes off list. Julie, you're an extensive reader. We never know what you're going to pick. Uh, so we have a wide array of books to share with you today. We're going to talk about a few on the show, but then we have the whole list at SatelliteSisters.com. We're also putting the lists at our Facebook group, at our Facebook page, at my author page. So you'll be able to find our whole list everywhere. We're just featuring a few. And one of the books we're featuring is You Are Not Alone. It's a terrific taught psychological thriller and we're so thrilled to have the writers with us today. We're going to be speaking later in the show with Greer Hendricks and Sarah Packanen. Now, they are New York Times best-selling novelists. They work as a team. So maybe you've read The Wife Between Us, which was ooh, really good. Uh, it's a good audiobook and An Anonymous Girl. So their new one is You Are Not Alone and we're so happy to have them on the show. So you're going to hear that interview later, but first we're going to run through a couple of our top picks and then again, the whole list is at SatelliteSisters.com or at various other places in our social media. So who wants to start? Jewel, do you want to start? I'm, I'm going to start.
2: And I would say, I don't know how others are feeling. I've been looking for books that offer escape, you know, that really are just pleasure reads. And my first pick is is just great. It's called Lady, Lady in Waiting. My Extraordinary Life in the Shadow of the Crown. And this is a memoir by Anne Glenn Connor. And Anne was maid of honor, get this, at Queen Elizabeth's coronation. I mean, there's pictures of her coming down the aisle right behind Queen Elizabeth. But she also was lady-in-waiting to Princess Margaret. So this book is like reading a whole nother season of the Crown. It's all <laughs> about British aristocracy. Uh, it's all about you learn, you get so many insights about Princess Margaret and Anne Glenn Connor. Her life is really interesting because she ended up marrying this you know very wealthy aristocrat who was also mentally unstable, but developed the uh, Caribbean island moustique, where Mick Jagger and Bianca and Brian Adams Uh used to hang out. So this is a just book. It's just rich in nuggets and details. And if you like The Crown, I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy reading Lady in Waiting, My Extraordinary Life in the Shadow of the Crown by Anne Glenn Connor. Again, on that same sort of jag of take me away, maybe to England, (laughs) I also want to recommend a book, very light, kind of delightful, don't think too much, Jeeves and the King of Club, Clubs. This is a novel in homage of P.G. Woodhouse. I don't know if you ever read any of those books. And yes. this is just, I mean, he's absolutely captured the voice of, you know, this this gentleman and of the gentleman clubs and all of that. It's a pure escape. I totally loved it. And uh, I, I think you all would like it too. Wow, Julie, a very British twist to your pick. I did, I did. I just, you know, Aaliyah, that's where I've been. And Jeeves and the King of Clubs is a novel by Ben Schott. That's, he's the author of that. So yeah, little to just take a break, go on a trip, you know, uh, you know, spend some time in England. Who doesn't love that?
0: Sure, it sounds like you've watched every British police drama <laughs> and The Crown. So now what's next? What's next? These books, fantastic. Okay, those are exciting. Oh, that one about the lady in waiting, that sounds good. It's that, very oh, that good. Yeah, there's just okay. lots of little
2: nuggets in there that, you know, and good insights. Okay. All right,
0: Liz, how about you? What have you what have you been reading besides cookbooks, Liz? We okay, know you've I, been pouring
1: Obviously I don't read those closely enough, but you're right. I often go off the list, Leanne, and pick nonfiction. Same is true this year, except both of them are very fun. And so the first one is a book called Uncanny Valley by Anna Weiner, and it's a memoir. And you may have read about this. It's just a super smart satire of Silicon Valley work culture. And, you know, I keep swearing I'm not going to read any more books or listen to any more podcasts or watch any more TV shows about Silicon Valley because I'm just really sick of them and they all get too much attention anyway. However... Uh, When you hear that one is a really good send up like Silicon Valley, the TV show on HBO, uh, when it's a really good send up, you just have to read it. So uh, this is Anna's memoir. She moved from being in publishing in New York to tech jobs in San Francisco. It's very fun, lively writing, but she's also super self-aware that she's getting sucked into like what sucks people into the whole tech world. And there's just enough social criticism in there, so you really think about how tech is shaping all of us. And maybe maybe you will be slightly afraid. And uh, but very entertaining. A lot of people have compared it to Michael Lewis's first book, which was *Liar's Poker*, which is about oh yeah, remember what it. Yeah, that was such a great book. So that was sort of like newbie on Wall Street. So this has a little bit of that vibe. But anyway, she's a really smart, fun writer. So I suggest that. It's called Uncanny Valley. And if you know what Uncanny Valley means, it's the phrase tech people use when a robot is too human-like. And if it gets if a robot looks too much like a human humans know there's something not quite right. You look at it and it just throws you off. And that's called the uncanny valley. So I think it's a very like clever title to describe all of Silicon Valley because it's not quite right. What's going on there.
0: Anyway, I then, can't believe that title had not been taken. I know. That's You're a right, shot. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a good. Yeah, it's great. Okay. It's good. a Thank super you. title.
1: So then the second book I want to recommend, is it's been called The uh, the Self-Help Book to End All Self-Help Books, which, you know, self-help is not a genre we spend a lot of time in here at Satellite Sisters, but this uh, is... By- no, we don't.
2: No, <laughs> we just, we just have late. been blundering along, we, you know. Exactly. No time for self-reflection. Uh-uh. We just... Keep going. Uh, exactly. All right. So now we're going to read one. Okay. What, what, what could it be, Liz?
1: Okay. You're going to like this one, Julie, because this is by longtime satellite sister, Karen Carbo. You know, she's mm-hmm. been on our show several times before. The last time she was on Satellite Sisters when, when she wrote that really great bestseller called In Praise of Difficult Women. And it was like short bios of all these fascinating women in history who were definitely the stay noisy type. Well, she's sort of taken that whole vibe now and applied it to the world of self-help. And so the title of the book is Yeah, no, not happening. How I find happiness, How I Found Happiness, Swearing Off Self-Improvement. And then the next half of the title is a word we don't use on satellite sisters. But so it's just called, <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, no, not happening. And so she, Karen officially swore off self-improvement in April 2017. You know, she just thought she was beating herself up too much and she needed to move beyond that. And, and she, you know, she's such a funny writer. She, she wrote that she asked herself, would I become the laziest sloth in Slothville if I made yeah, no, not happening my regular morning routine? No. So the first rule of yeah, no, not happening is come as you are. And I think, I think we can embrace that, right? Just like, who are you really? Who do you want to be? And Julie, you'll, you'll appreciate this. She did a poll of her friends, like if they adopted, yeah, no, not happening. What would be the first things that would come off the list? And one that I laughed at, because I felt this way for a long time, going to festivals or concerts where there's no seating, yeah, no, not happening. Um, <laughs> but then another one on her list is Kale, Kale, and did I mention Kale? So, um, so it's very funny, very lively, but very thoughtful sort of looking at, you know, uh, social pressures on women and, and how we adjust to all of that. Anyway, um, I always enjoy Karen's writing. I think you will too. Yeah, no, not happening. I recommend it.
0: Excellent, Liz. That sounds, that sounds good. Although I do think if it involves Crocs. Yeah, no, not happening. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's my concern. Uh start to go down that path the crocs come out that's the problem (laughs) i
1: I think she puts that on the list of yeah no not happening but i'll have to to look back yeah she's not giving up on life she's just giving up on unrealistic standards set by other people that she doesn't care about like like right now earlier this year she moved to france leanne that's where she's living right now she just thought yeah Hmm. Okay, yeah, that's where I really want to be right now. I've always wanted to live in France. I'm going to do it right now. Anyway, uh, I think you will find things in this book that you can relate to.
2: Excellent. Okay. It's sort of an anti-self-help book. Exactly.
0: Uh-huh. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds like our kind of self-help. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and how about you, Leanne? All right. So I want to mention that on on the list, uh, on the the full list, there's historical drama, there's contemporary drama, there's romance. It's a long list. But I wanted to pick two books to highlight that I they were books. Um, one is a book I don't tor- I don't usually read uh it sort of veers into uh myth and gothic drama and that's not usually my genre but I really loved it and the other is just a completely absorbing family drama so these are the two I'm highlighting the first is a book by Danielle Trussoni called The Ancestor and it's a It's a gothic story. It involves a DNA test. It involves someone like inheriting something pretty spectacular, but it's all set in this kind of mythic uh, area in Northern Italy. And it involves beasts and people in the attic and suspicious, you know, Comers and goers at this palace, and I just loved it because it just really took me away and it absorbed me. And I could picture everything. The writer Danielle Trussoni is a super evocative writer, so you can really imagine walking the streets. And she writes a lot about the meals she eats and the smells and the woods. And oh, I loved it. It's kind of like The Secret Garden, but for grown-ups. You know.
1: Oh. So, oh, that right. sounds
0: good yeah take me away yeah and she wrote um a couple of like angelology which was a huge hit so if her name sounds familiar and you like to read that genre that's probably why so this one is called the ancestor has a great cover too so fantastic and then the second one is by a debut author called samaya dave and the name of the book is well-behaved indian women And this is just a really juicy family drama. And I love it because it's, contemporary, she has a super contemporary voice, but it's about three generations of Indian women. Uh, Mm -hmm. One still in India, one who had made the transition to the United States, and then the daughter who's living in New York City and is a mental health professional. And the author herself is a psychiatrist and mental health advocate, and she's done a lot of writing, but this is her first novel. And what was pretty, what was really interesting to me was it's a really deep look at arranged marriages. So oh. you see the concept of marriage through three different generations of Indian women who are trying to be well-behaved Indian women and find that their choice of life partners is, is either helpful or not helpful, or they've made peace with it. So I, I like books about marriage. And usually you don't find a lot of books about healthy marriages or or they really examine marriage in an interesting way. And so I thought this was a really interesting way in to look at marriage. And, you know, the surprise is that sometimes arranged marriages work and sometimes marriages based on romance don't work. And sometimes they're great for your career and other times they're not. And it also just really, she really rounds out this world of what it's like, you know, to be an Indian American and to be going back and forth between these two worlds and all these expectations very high expectations I just loved it I thought it was oh that's fascinating very intriguing intriguing. yeah
2: yeah yeah
0: Yeah, and it made me slightly nostalgic because it's or just a a special shout out because it's set in New York City like the daughter goes to school in New York City and and so especially at this time I was like oh New York and but it's contemporary it's not um it's not it's not written out of memory or historic fiction or anything like that. It's contemporary. So I really loved it. I thought she did a great job first time author fantastic. Samaya Dave and the name of the book is Well-Behaved Indian Women. So that comes out in I think mid-July, but you can pre-order. You can pre-order it. All right, that is already a really good roundup and we have, you know, We have a bunch more titles there. So if you want to see the full list, you want to go to SatelliteSisters.com or check over at our Facebook group. There's a files section. Have you all ever been to the files section of our (laughs) Facebook group? I think people forget that's there.
1: Yeah. I refer them there a lot, too. But yeah. Okay. Good note, Leanne. Files.
0: Yeah, that's you'll find a you'll find the blueberry muffin recipe. I put that in the file section, so that's on permanent display. And we'll be putting the whole list of the best beach bag books, including some of the podcasts we're going to get to later on. Uh, But you'll find it at other places in our social thing. But we love we love doing these. Go see the whole list. Pick up some books. You know, support your local bookstore would be great. And just take yourself away. Take yourself away for a little bit this summer. Mm -hmm. All right. We are going to be back. We'll be talking. You're going to hear our interview with Greer Hendricks and Sarah Peckinan. But first, I need to thank a couple of sponsors. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And prose is spelled P-R-O-S-E, Pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, prose. All right, we're back. Hey, listen, we're really excited now to bring you an interview with Greer Hendricks and Sarah Peckerman. Uh, They are a writing team that have already written two New York Times best-selling novels, The Wife Between Us and An Anonymous Girl. Their new book is called You Are Not Alone. But here's the catch to this interview. We taped it on March 3rd for this show. And remember back, Liz, in March, yeah. didn't it seem like a different world back then? It oh,
1: did, a different yeah. world, lighthearted, fun. But it's still like having read the book, it's still a perfect book for now, Leon, because it's going to take you somewhere. It was thrilling. I loved it.
0: Yeah, it it is the perfect book for now, but I just wanted to explain to the listeners that it sounds if we're like too light and too carefree, it's because we were. I mean, they were (laughs) were headed out into a book tour. We talked to them from New York City. Oh, they were excited to be headed out. And then literally like days after their tour started, they ended up heading back home because everything was canceled. But they wanted me to know. I checked in with them. I said, hey, we're going to run this interview. They are writing away. They're still trying to write with little kids at home. Write together. You're going to hear how all about their writing method and they have a brand new story up at audible shorts if you want to listen to that called the getaway so i downloaded that this morning i'm like that sounds perfect i'd like to get away (laughs) so it was such a pleasure to talk to greer and sarah here is our interview from early march but we love this book you are not alone and we're so happy to feature it on the satellite sisters 2020 best beach bag books list Hey, you guys, congratulations
3: on the book.
4: Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Um, uh, We're so thrilled to be on your podcast.
3: We are. Thank you. And we're so excited by the reception to the book. And and this is a great... great event. So what can we tell you? You know what?
0: I will be honest. This is Leanne as a writer. I'm very suspicious of novelist writing teams. I've expressed that on the air before. Like, how exactly does that work? And you come, you both, Greer, you were a longtime editor before you turned writer. Sarah, yeah. you've written like eight zillion international bestsellers <laughs> uh-huh. before you guys started churning out best-selling thrillers. How did you come to work together? And then how does it physically work when you write the book? So first, Sarah, to you, how did you come to write with Greer?
3: Well, so, you know, Greer had been my editor, of course, on the eight zillion books, as you put it. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I knew that I wanted to, when, when Greer left corporate publishing, I knew I didn't want to lose her in my life, both as a dear friend and as a colleague. So I threw out the idea of writing together. It was just a very kind of gut, visceral um, thing that we were talking one day and I said, let's write a book together. Um, and then the catch became, how do we actually physically write a book together when Greer's in New York? And I'm in D.C. because Uh we knew very early on that we wanted to write every single line together in real time, which is not the way most co-authors do it. Right. They trade off on chapters. They trade off characters. But we really needed to be in because our books are so twisty and they evolve as as we write them. We had to be there together somehow nine to five every day working. So I can let Greer tell you the mechanics
4: of how we do
3: this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So
4: like Sarah said, we had written, We I've been her editor for seven books. And, you know, over the time together, we had discovered we had this number of uncanny similarities. So we both had studied psychology and journalism. We both are terrible cooks. <laughs> we both have brothers that we're really close to, who are both named Robert. So we knew that we had this, like, friendship. And we had we had very similar Um, narrative instincts. Um, So when Sarah approached me to write, I, you know, at first I was hesitant and then I realized that's crazy. I've never written a book before. This will be like a master class in learning how to write. Um, And so we both, we went to our bookshelves and pulled down books that we had really both admired over the past few years. Um, Wow. Yeah. And yeah, we saw like there was like S. J. Watson's uh, Before I Go to Sleep and Gone Girl and a lot of Leanne Moriarty. We yeah. discovered that a lot of the books we were interested in had strong female protagonists and were psychological in nature. So then, like Sarah said, the question was, well, how are we going to do this? And we we met secretively in a hotel in New York and wrote <laughs> fifteen horrible pages together. But we had so much fun doing it that we realized that this is absolutely what we wanted to do. Then the question was I'm in Manhattan, Sarah's in DC. Right. How does it work? Yeah. (laughs) How does it work? So my daughter, who was then 13, was like, hey, mom, there's this technology called Google Docs and Google Hangouts. You might maybe have heard of it. And I hadn't. <laughs> so um, but that is how Sarah and I write every day. So at nine o'clock after our kids have gone off to school, I call her up on Google Hangouts. She still doesn't really know how I do it. So it's like this magical thing. It's the and, way we and,
1: feel about Dropbox. Yeah. yeah we, all, yes! all we know oh, is that gosh, it works. Yeah. We don't understand why or how. But it works. I, Thank oh goodness. my god i
3: know i just got
4: my arms around spell check and
3: i keep coming out with these new things
4: <laughs> so i call her in google hangouts and then we go on to our shared google doc which you know like for example right now is very um creatively entitled book five yeah but, like uh, it book that's four, a good t- oh, book t- book four, before, before. Book four. get the title right <laughs> here. I, lost, I lost track i was crowding your zillions of books <laughs> <laughs> um, but we talk and talk and talk endlessly. Like two of our favorite words are what if. So we just, we talk before we even start to write. What if this? What if that? And we put it all into this shared document that has characters' names okay. and descriptions. So yeah.
0: do you actually run dialogue? Like Sarah, do you do the dialogue out loud like
3: screenwriting teams do? Yeah, we do. Um, do you speak aloud some of the dialogue? and just kind of say, does this sound you know, realistic? what would be realistic for like you know a 20 year old female character that's going to sound something you know that's going to be very different than a 50 year old guy so we do read aloud both the dialogue but also we read a, we read aloud a lot of the book too while we're writing it because you can you read things and i don't know if you guys find this but but you read things and you hear things differently whether if it's on the computer if it's on like a printed page or if it's read aloud, I catch different things, and I know Greer does too, and we, we make changes based on whatever format we digest it in.
1: That's so interesting. So this is Liz. Leah knows I like thrillers, and I love audiobooks of thrillers. It's one of my favorite things to listen to when I'm on a long drive. So I was just thinking, when you write a thriller like this, or any of your other books, The Wife Between Us, An Anonymous Girl... How much do you owe the audience in terms of information and clues? Like, do you ever put stuff in and then take it out when you read it back to yourself? Like, oh, we've given too much away too soon. Because that seems really hard to figure out. How to give me the drop, drop, drop of clues that need to follow the story but not guess the ending?
4: That's an excellent question. That was especially challenging for us with The Wife Between Us, um, where I don't want to give away the twist for any of your readers. But, you know, there's that big reveal at the end of part one and we had a lot of beta readers who like s- some would say oh we figured out the twist some would say the twist was we didn't even understand the twist oh. so really they really it, it really is a talent and we say that we have that we're one brain at this point because we really are like speaking this twin language but we need both of our brains to keep track of all the twists and turns in uh, our books yeah. we come up with charts and we've got you know if it was this time then this character would think this if it's this character they would be thinking that for Anonymous Girl, we wrote, Its parts of it are written in the second person. We wrote both characters in the second person and the first person to see which character made more sense uh-huh. to have speak in the second person. Wow, that's so interesting. That's
0: the editor in you, that you can switch back and forth and do that. Because the writer in me is like, I'm too lazy to do that. I'm not (laughs) going (laughs) to. Well, we didn't write the whole book. Yeah, we did not. (laughs) We wrote a few (laughs) scenes
4: that way. We should clarify. Yes, and I would also say Sarah is the least lazy person I know. (laughs)
0: Again, hence the eight zillion previous novels that she's (laughs) written. (laughs) Now, You Are Not Alone is your latest book. That's the one we're talking about. It's a tale of sisterhood and kind of vengeance and frenemies and friendship. But the inciting incident, I, I don't want to give it away, but I I've explained to people it's like a New York horror story because it is what you think about when you're down waiting for the subway.
3: Like, what if was that actually sparked by a real incident? No, okay. in fact, I remember when when it came up, we were talking on the phone with our editor, Jen Enderlin, and we were trying to get a way to really draw readers into the book very quickly pack an emotional punch and we knew what we wanted to do but we didn't really know how we were going to do it so that just came about through you know a conversation with our editor
0: one of the things when I was reading the book I kept thinking who's the good girl and who's the bad girl like you successfully were able to string me along till the (laughs) very end you never know Yeah, (laughs) yeah we're high fiving here together hearing you say that but like when you think about female friendships, who is the good girl and the, who is the bad girl? Have you had, a, you know, a, were you inspired by someone or a friendship or something that had gone wrong? Or is this just like sort of what happens in female friendships?
4: You know, I, Sarah and I like to egg each other on. So we'll often come up with an idea and then the other one will take it to like the next level of, of, of evilness. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, and I think that you know, both of us, I think we seem like we're like really good girls on the outside. If you meet us, you'll see we, we're like, you know, we're these moms. You know? But I think everyone has like these kind of like deep, dark sides. We just take it out in our care. We just explore it through our characters.
1: You do? That is a great outlet yeah. to have. <laughs> I think right. I need that.
4: When, when my of, husband read my first book, this is Greer speaking, he looked at me and he said, You are a very dark woman. And I just <laughs> thought that was the best. I've like never seen you before.
1: That is fantastic.
3: I feel like that's
0: amazing that you can do that, that you can be one person in real life and then create those characters. And like, we can totally fall for it. So well done <laughs> to the two of you because you're really cranking them out. Now, I understand. Understand that you're writing screenplays from your first two books. How's that going? Is that true? Is that It's in
3: your bio. So is that actually <laughs> happening? That's half true. So we're writing, we've written the screenplay for oh. The Wife Between Us for Amblin. Yeah. Um, and we actually just turned in the second draft. We wrote one draft, then we had to take a break while we were writing you know, our books. And then we went back at it, wrote the second draft. They were very happy with it. And we are hoping to have an announcement soon.
0: Oh, that's um, exciting.
3: So that'll be good, and then you are uh, then I'm sorry, an anonymous girl with option for TV, and so we are not writing that because you know if you write a movie, it's like 120 pages. Right, a lot of that is white space, you know. But, <laughs> but you know, a TV series is you know you got to write a you know a pilot, and then you got to write ten episodes. So we're actually executive producing. Um, that and we are still trying to figure out exactly what it means to executive produce something. Yeah, that's <laughs> what, what good for it? you. It sounds
4: fancy. It we does. Like it.
3: It's, it's d- yeah. fancy and dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's fancy, dark. It's a good way to
1: enter the market as an executive producer, sure. Yeah,
3: yeah you can never be less than that now.
0: You're never going to drop That's
3: exactly down. exactly right. That's what one of our
0: agents said. Yeah. You know, I have a question about the screenwriting process for you. Was that hard then? Because first of all, it's pretty unusual for novelists to even be allowed to write their own screenplays. That doesn't happen very often. So congratulations. Uh, but then was that difficult for you? Because you have to cut, 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 cut so much away. It's 120 pages of mainly white space. So, was
4: it traumatic to cut away some of your darlings there, Greer? Uh, Greer. Um, what was funny is that, so, you know, when Sarah asked me to write a book, together I made her wait 12 hours and when we were asked to write the screenplay we were with you know one of the heads of of Amblin and she's like you know we've approached a lot of people to write the screenplay and you know they haven't had the right take do you guys want to take this on and one of the differences between Sarah and I is she is instinctual impulsive and I'm the more kind of cautious one and so of course Sarah's like yes yes we'll do it we'll figure it out and I was like (laughs) we'll think about it <laughs> yeah. because I was, I was nervous about the the process. I feel like I'd barely learned how to write a book. Um, and it is, you know, it is very different it's Lots of dialogue. You know, you have to description, you can't go into people's heads. You can't rely on right, some right. of the, you know, some of the tricks of the tricks of the trade that, you know, you have with books, but we, um, we approached it as a creative endeavor and felt like if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but we're going to just have fun doing it. And that's, really how we kind of approach most things. You know, we, we, our other motto, we've got lots of mottos is better together and we just are going to try things. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but we're going to have fun doing it.
1: Better together. That's like the ultimate satellite sister's motto. (laughs) I mean, you guys have a lot going on, so it's a good thing there are two of you. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yes, thank God for so many reasons. It's so good, you know, to have Greer. I mean, we're wearing right now our matching necklaces. Nice. had made for us? So they're necklaces, and they all have um, circle charms, and the circles are forever friendship, and the stone in the middle represents each of our books. So we have a blue stone for the cover of the White Between Us, a red for an Anonymous Girl, and a light green for You Are Not Alone. And there are lucky necklaces. We wear them all the time. It's just one of our many kind of twin things because at this point, we are basically one person. Um, and that you know, is you, so beautiful. You know, you are fi-
4: you're five sisters. Neither uh, Sarah nor I have sisters. So we oh. actually often say to each other yeah. that we're the sister that we, you know, she's the sister I never had. Um, we both have brothers. And, you know, there's something really powerful about, you know, female friendship and, you know, at least, you know, sort of. Yes. S- Pretend sisterhood, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, mean, it's not
0: pretend. pretend. I mean, first of no, all, we yeah. don't have matching neck- necklaces. We've been actual <laughs> sisters for decades. We were pretty Man, psyched. Get on it. Yeah, <laughs> we were pretty psyched when we had some merchandise, like coffee mugs <laughs> we could share. So you're shaming us uh, completely. But- and
1: believe me, when Leanne is working on her novel, she is very clear that we are not allowed to read it comment on it, it that is her own world that the podcast is something that we share very intimately and we all contribute but she's her books are her books and we are not Invited into that process, and good for you. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's just, but, you know, hearing you guys work together, I'm thinking, well, maybe I'd like to get a writing partner because writing is a very lonely exercise. Sarah, you know that. You did it for years. And so it sounds like actually working together has really energized your writing life as well as just your personal life. That's fantastic.
3: Oh, you know, It is so much more fun to write with a partner. I'm not sure how I ever did it alone. I mean, it's just great to... Have somebody every day. I mean, first of all, it holds you accountable when you're writing on your own. You're kind of like, oh, it's nine o'clock. I should write. But gosh, you know, I got to unload the dishwasher and then there's, you know, a little snack I need to have. (laughs) Oh, I've messed up the kitchen. But if I've got Greer like, you know, waiting at nine o'clock sharp and we've got to get down to work, we can't be off checking Facebook, doing all the stuff that we normally do, you know, when we're trying to procrastinate. So Mm -hmm. that I think for the productivity is fantastic. And I think we do, um, you know, we, we we have this kind of crazy, like, unspoken rule that there's total support, total safety, and no ego. So yeah. we throw out ideas all the time. And, you know, everybody's respectful about it. But we can both be like, yeah, eh, no, doesn't do it for me. And the other one's like, okay, fine. Like, we don't get in arguments about creative decisions we kind of we have another motto we apparently we're very yeah yeah. Yeah, we are but one of them is um no bad ideas so that is out there all the time Mm -hmm. total safe place throw it out there and another is if it's not working for one of us it is not working for both of us
1: okay this is liz i believe in the second one but not the first one there are plenty (laughs) of bad ideas
4: <laughs> that, you know, you're, you're right. You're right. There are plenty of bad ideas, but we try not to shame each other for them because right. we've both given our fair share. Um, but, but in terms of the second one, if it's not working for one, it's not working for the other. We view that as a as a challenge and trying to explain to the other person why what is not working for us, and then come up with uh, you know a third solution, which is usually the best. Right. Hopefully. Yeah.
0: You know, I feel like we have to completely re- revamp our work life, list. <laughs> We've really learned a lot from Gru and Sarah. But, but no, no, when I say there
1: are bad ideas, I know that I am often the one that has them. So I have, li- I have Leon and Julie to tell me they are bad ideas. Yeah. Without Leanne and Julie saying, well, that's not interesting or nobody cares about that. Whatever. Tell me it's a bad idea. Like it might find its way out into the world. And then it would just be bad out there instead of being bad on our google doc things must die on the google doc
3: <laughs> oh well they do and our editor also jen underlin who's just brilliant is very good at like gently telling us when things are and are not working and in fact we have had to throw out many many
4: pages um i would say the first 200 pages of you are not alone got wow. trashed we oh my god, we rewrote it it was a bad idea we we set it in a <laughs> claustrophobic environment. And we couldn't. We we every day. You know, we would try to be really productive, and we would say to each other, "What's the next best scene that we want to write? What are we excited to write?" We were on page two hundred, and we couldn't think of one more scene, and we knew that was a bad sign. Uh, Oh
0: wow! Yeah,
4: that's hard. It's hard
0: to chuck that many pages. So Mm -hmm. uh, it was. My condolences. Yeah. My condolences. (laughs) Screaming. All right. Well, we have to get you going. But I was thinking, one of our mottos is working together by ourselves. Yes, <laughs> that is. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys kind of do that. Like, you each live in your own separate cities. Yeah. You work together by yourself. Uh, but yes, so that- it must be really fun when you can be together. That's an extra kind so of energy. Oh, much fun. Uh,
3: we're going to go have a glass of wine tonight. and. Great. Yeah, yeah, You've got good. your
0: matching necklaces and your best-selling oh, yeah. books and your screenplays. This has been so much fun to talk inspirational. to Inspirational. Really inspirational. Yeah, really inspirational. Okay, Thank and, you both. And now I understand how writing a novel together works because I was always suspicious, but I have really enjoyed You Are Not Alone. Your other books are out there. The Wife Between Us, An Anonymous Girl. Thank you so much, Greer and Sarah, for being on Satellite Sisters. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks. Good luck. Bye. Well, that was fun. I mean, really, I loved listening to that. I really learned a lot. And just a reminder, their book is You Are Not Alone. You can find the complete list of Satellite Sisters best speech bag books at our website, SatelliteSisters.com, or at all of our social media sites. But a big thanks to Greer and Sarah. Keep writing. Hang in there. Uh, We love speaking to you. All right, coming up next, we have podcasts for the summer. That's exciting. Uh, But first, we want to thank a couple of sponsors. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash SISTERS and use code SISTERS to choose your free-for-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. We are back. Okay, this is new for our Best Beach Bag Books episode. We're introducing you to some podcasts because that's our jam, right? That's what we do. We love the audio. So, okay, who's got some podcasts they want to recommend? Liz, I think you're up first.
1: I do. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, as long as we're talking about books, you know, everybody knows Cheryl Strayed. Well, she has a brand new podcast out called Sugar Calling. She used to do an advice podcast. Some of you may have listened to, um, what was it called? It was Dear Sugar. Dear Sugar. Dear Sugar was her advice podcast that she co-hosted with writer Steve Almond. And I loved that show, but they discontinued that a couple of years ago because they were just off doing more writing. But now in these in these times, she just came back with a brand new podcast series called Sugar Calling. And she decided she wanted to interview older, wiser people than herself that it was a time to provide some wisdom. She didn't want to be the one giving it. She wanted to be the one seeking it. So she talks to a lot of writers who she really admires. So the first one was George Saunders, who was actually one of her teachers wow. when she was in graduate school, you know, and he wrote Lincoln in the Bardo and many other things. So there's an interview with George Saunders. She talks to Judy Bloom, and and I know you mentioned in our Ask and Anything that Judy Bloom is someone who really turns you on to what books could be. So Judy Bloom is one. Pico Iyer is one. Margaret Atwood is one. Anyway, mm. super, super thoughtful, timely, interesting, wise discussions between Cheryl Strayed and uh, some older writers she admires. So, uh, I totally recommend that. Then there's another one. Our listeners, especially longtime listeners, will know our friend Corny Cole. She even made an appearance at Liz's Tasting Window. Yes, she did, <laughs> in a welding
2: helmet. Yes, yes,
1: no, not too long ago. Well, Corny has um, Corny has executive produced a lot of great radio shows and podcasts. She worked for us. She did Oprah Winfrey Show, Gail King Show, Maya Angelo Show. So Corny is a super thoughtful person when she's not being incredibly silly in a welding helmet. So she has just launched a podcast series that's called Dear Governor. And it's the story of a man, Jarvis Masters. So Jarvis had been incarcerated in San Quentin when he was 19 for armed robbery. And then he was accused four years later of participating in a conspiracy inside San Quentin that resulted in the death of a prison guard. So he's been on death row ever since. And Corny was introduced to Jarvis by Pema Chodron, who is a um, a Buddhist nun, many of you may know, and she writes a lot. Anyway, as Corny got to know Jarvis and understand more about his case, she decided she really, really wanted to tell his story. And uh, so that's what this is. It's eight episodes of Jarvis's story, why he's on death row and why Corny has come to believe that he does not deserve to be on death row. And despite all of the great things Corny has produced in her life, she did say that producing Dear Governor has been the most personally transformative thing she's ever done. So we recommend that. It uh it just the first episode just dropped. So dear governor, it's from iHeartMedia, but you'll be able to find it in any podcast app by
0: our good friend Corny Cole. Liz, I cannot believe that we are not the single most transformative <laughs> thing that Corny Cole ever produced. I know, so, I know. I'm 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 hurt slightly, but I am I listened to the trailer and it gave me chills. Yeah, so as this you know it'll really- be top. Yeah, it's cool.
2: Again, I think it's something to, when you think about things bigger than yourself, this is a a good podcast for that. No,
0: absolutely. Right. Right. All right. And then, Liz, you had a couple of other recommendations that will be over at the Satellite Sisters website,
1: correct? Uh, Yeah. Your man, Patrick Radden Keefe, has a new podcast, Leanne, called Winds of Change. So it's a crazy CIA story. We'll have that on the
0: list. Okay, terrific. All right, Julie, you have one you wanted people to listen to. I have one. I it's
2: called The Wild with Chris Mor- Morgan. Now this is just stories about the natural world. I really believe that nature is what is going to you know calm us, save us. We can't all go to nature, so this is a show about the o- outdoors. Where, listen, they take your minds into the forest. Don't you want to take your mind into a forest? Yes, please. Or how about do you want to get into the minds of an animal, okay? Like a big bear. Do you want to really understand what that bear is thinking, okay? Because if you're thinking about the bear, you're not thinking about all the other stuff that's outside (laughs) your house, right? That's what I like. So Chris Morgan, I, I don't know. He has this very stuffy British accent, but it works really, really well, okay? It relaxes you. It informs you. He lives in the Pacific Northwest. And I just find these, you know, just very calming, relaxing, and just getting to the mind of a bear or just <laughs> be in the forest. You see what I'm talking about here? Do you see yeah, what so nice. Are there I'm Are there yeah. foxes? Any foxes? <laughs> there could be. I don't know. I haven't heard that one yet, but this is The Wild with Chris Morgan. Um, uh, perhaps are there fo- foxes in the northwest? Because if there are, Chris is in that in that he's there. He's there with them. Yeah.
0: Julie, okay. is this a w is this one that people could listen to with maybe older kids? Like is this a car trip kind of podcast? Too? Yes. Would that be yes. good? Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's a good suggestion, Liam
1: Thank <laughs> you.
2: Thank you. I just prefer <laughs> to listen to it by myself, you know? <laughs> Uh, I, I want to go into the forest with <laughs> nobody else just me in the forest with Chris that's what I want to have happen yeah
0: All right. Well, this was really a fantastic uh, list. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. I don't have any podcast recommendations (laughs) because I was reading my head off. So, uh, but that's it. That's our best beach bag books list with a podcast addendum. We'd like to thank Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekkanen for being on the show today. We'd like to thank readers everywhere. Personally, as an author, I'd like to thank readers everywhere for continuing to support authors and books and bookstores. I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. We really, really appreciate it. It right now. Uh, a big thanks to Sergio and for stitching this show together. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you, Sergio. Thank you. Uh, all right, sisters have a great week.
2: You, you too, Leanne.
0: And don't forget, call your satellite system.